Praise God. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. What a great day that we've had thus far. Tremendous move the Lord. And, uh, you know, I guess I could take on the role of an evangelist because that's part of it. It's part of the fivefold ministry. I pastored our church for 35 years as pastor. I'm still there. I think they still recognize me when I come in. <laughs> they call me the bishop. And the Lord has blessed us so much. I told our, our pastor brother, Matthew Tuttle, he said, tell me again where you're going to be for January. I'm going to be in Houston uh, preaching for Brother Hughes. And he said, how old are you? I don't know what difference that makes. <clears throat> I'm old enough. I'm old enough. You can guess, but uh, I could think of a lot of places that so many people would enjoy being. This is one of them. And I was looking at this sign, your sign, Greater Life. Man. You know, greater life, if you're a part of this church, greater life, then you have a better life. So why don't you turn to somebody and say, welcome to greater life. Step across the aisle there. There you go. Welcome to greater life. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank the Lord. I know you've been standing a while, but that's what we do. You know, we, 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 we can't hardly sit down when we're singing a song. We have to stand up to sing a song. To our great musicians and choir, my word, tremendous, always a blessing. We say to your pastor again today on the 26th pastoral anniversary, to Brother Sister Hughes, uh, they represent you very well. Wherever they are, whatever they're doing, and uh, we've, begin, we've been together in different places, different settings, and I'm going to tell you, you, you can always be proud of your pastor and his wife because they represent you so well. So well. And... and uh, you know, today he was telling me, I was asking about the beginnings of this church and how the Lord led him here. And my word, what a tremendous growth that you've had in the years that uh, he has been your pastor. And not only that, but the best years, he said it this morning, are not behind you. The best years are in front of you, proven tonight by this wonderful crowd of people and altars this morning was filled to capacity and people receiving the Holy Ghost. Uh, that's, that's just what it's all about. That's our duty. That's the function of this church. And for the last three Sundays, I tried to just follow in that vein and, and in that flow of the spirit. And uh, so 
I'm, I'm going to continue to do that tonight. Open your Bible to the book of 2 Kings chapter 7. While you're getting there, let me just rehearse with you a little bit what happened before chapter 7. You know the story that uh, Syria was besieged and the armies had camped around about them. And for possibly months, they have closed off the city where nobody could come in or get out. And for that reason, there was a great famine. Insomuch that they had taken all of their animals and they have uh, slaughtered them and eat them. They was down to, uh, and this, this sounds so hideous, but it's, it's Bible where they were actually practicing cannibalism. And one mother said, we will eat your son today and tomorrow we'll eat mine. And of course, you know that she hid her son and would not allow that. And so in that terrible, terrible process of famine and hunger, uh, be honest with you, you can look at me and tell I've not been hungry very many days in my life. You know, we fasted a few days and you ever, you ever just been fasting and that morning you get up and instead of putting a little dab of toothpaste, you just go ahead and just <laughs> long strand just tastes so good. <laughs> I've been there and it don't take me long to get there. It just, boy, that looked like peppermint candy or something bad. But these people knew what severe hunger was. When you get to the place to where your hunger supersedes and takes over your natural instincts as a mother, survival mode kicks in and, and that's what happened. And then the mother that had lost her son, she went to the king and she told him this story. And when she told that story... The Bible says his heart smote him. And Elisha, the prophet of the Lord, was there. And he said, we're going to go to the prophet of the Lord. And he walked about on the side of the wall and he began and he pulled open. And the Bible says uh, next to his skin was sackcloth. Sackcloth meant he was in great mourning. Most of the time, the people did not see that, but he felt their sorrow. And when he realized that he was in sackcloth, mourning heavily for somebody to give an answer. And then chapter 7 opens up. I'm going to just paraphrase just a little bit. Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow. Everybody say tomorrow. 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 Amen. A new day tomorrow. Then uh, there's going to be flour and there's going to be meal and it's going to be sold for a certain amount in the gate of Samaria. Verse number 3 of chapter 7 of Second Kings. And there were four leprous men at their entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit he- we here 
until we die. I want to preach to you tonight on how to overcome a famine. Pray with me one more time. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to help us. Let the word of the Lord penetrate into our spirit and our hearts. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Can you clap your hands one more time unto the Lord? You may be seated. The Lord bless you. How to overcome a famine. It was not unusual for God to use the means of a famine to punish Israel for their disobedience. It was, it was an occurrence that happened and at this particular time, this was not a famine that God had sent necessarily, but it was a famine that was man-made. The enemy was on the outside, and they were perfectly content not to go to battle. They were just starving the people. And it got to the point and the place to where uh, something had to be done. There had to be a breakthrough. There had to be something. And and so at the point of desperation, then the famine was about to be broken. When you and I have seasons in our life, not of physical famine, of hunger, but sometimes we go through a spiritual part of our life uh, that is actually a drought. And if you've had the Holy Ghost in a length of time, you probably know what I'm talking about. There are times when I've seen everybody else worshiping and I was going through the motions, but I wasn't getting anything out of that. Spiritual famines sometimes come into our lives and, and no matter what we do, no matter how much we pray or what we do, we just feel like there's a barrier, there is a wall that we can't break through. Don't ask me how to explain that or why God lets us go through that. But we've all been there. You have and I have and, and, and we've all been there. But sometimes we have to realize that in order for us to get through this drought, seasons in our life when spirituality is uh, at a low ebb, we have to have a little encouragement along the way. And people sometimes do not survive the famine. They do not survive the season in their life when it seems like God is a long way off. When it seems like we pray and nothing happens and we pray and ask God for this and all of a sudden we're not getting an answer. But yet something inside of us, it's got to be strong enough through the good times to give a spiritual energy for the bad times. I feel like that's what this revival is all about. It's about reviving. It's about renewing. It's about bringing back some people that are on the edge of a drought for a long time. And suddenly realizing you're in the midst of uh, boy, we, we, we don't like to sing this song at our church, and I know you don't either. Open up the floodgates of heaven. We, we don't sing that song after Harvey. 
three foot of water in my house, 80 something uh, percent of our city went under water. 86 families in our church lost their homes. So we don't sing much about floods anymore. But you can understand what I'm talking about. When we're having services like we did last Sunday and this morning and the, the Sunday when the Holy Ghost just fell and there was no preaching, uh, there was something about that that it can it can break the drought in your life. But you've got to respond to that. There's got to be something inside of us that, that responds to that. So you know what? If we're going to overcome the famine, we really need to know how to do that. How to do that. The prophet of the Lord said tomorrow. Boy, there's something about tomorrow. There's something about a new year. There's something about starting over. There's something about getting a fresh start. Everybody likes that. We all like, man, I'm, I'm going to start over. But you know what? The things that are behind us oftentimes dictate to the things that are ahead of us. No wonder Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind us, let us press forward to the mark and the prize of the high calling of God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking to people here tonight that every one of us have something in our past. Nobody has ever got to the place where we're perfect with God. But you know what? God is so gracious and so wonderful that it seems like he can just wash all of that out. And all we have to say is, Lord, forgive me. Isn't that amazing how we can do that? Lord, forgive me. And he washes that out and he says, now forget about it. Forget about it. These people that were besieged by the enemy on the outside. Don't you know that they went up many times and to see if they were still out there and they was. And all the soldiers had plenty to eat and they were happy and they were just content to starve them out. And suddenly, the famine was about to break tomorrow. Tomorrow, about this time, he said there's going to be a measure of fine flour. And there's going to be barley. And there's going to be food in the streets. And and nobody was is going to go hungry because God's going to work this miraculous miracle. How to overcome a famine. Four leprous guys sitting on the outside of the gate because they were lepers. They had a disease and nobody wanted them on the inside. It's amazing how God sometimes takes people that we would never dream of or think about. And he says, I can handle that. I, I told our church uh, a, a few months before I uh, offered them my retirement. And I said, you know what? We have become so sad in our ways here at Eastgate Church. I said, God's going to send somebody in here, and he's going to embarrass a lot of you folks because he's not going to pay attention to Pentecostal protocol. He's just going to be glad he's here and be glad God saved him and thankful for deliverance. And little did I know that I was a true prophet. And all of a sudden, after we changed pastors and Brother Tuttle came, here came a guy from Minnesota. Never heard of Jesus' name, baptism, or the Holy Ghost, or anything like that. Came across 
uh, one of the families that had the Holy Ghost invited him to church and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And brother, when God filled him with the Holy Ghost, he had no more uh, embarrassment within him whatsoever. And he just runs at amazing grace. When we say everybody stand, he starts dancing. Music hadn't even started yet, but he starts dancing. He runs and he falls on the floor and he just rolls all the way across. You better get out of his way. <laughs> and we had, he hadn't been in the church long and Brother Tuttle had uh, the mayor of the city, the chief of police, the councilman, uh, just all on that front row right there. And I said, oh God. <laughs> Maybe Brother Tuttle don't know <laughs> that's Stephen Williams' territory right over there. He need to put him back over in the back corner. Man, I'm telling you, on the first song, up he came, run across the <laughs> run across the church and rolled all the way back down, right in front of the mayor and the chief of police and the councilman. And I've been there 35 years as pastor, so they was looking at me and I was saying, hey, that's just him. But you know what they said? If he hadn't have done that, we would have been disappointed. Because we've always heard about Pentecostal worship and people running and dancing and shouting. Oh, that, that, that's the kind of people sometimes that, that God brings in to our church and, and, and he, and he just says, if I'm going to break the drought tomorrow, I've got to bring some people that are glad for what they've been delivered from. If I'm going to break the drought tomorrow, I got to bring some people in the church that are not trained like we're trained. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, you know, suddenly when God gets to the point and the place that, that he can say, I can use anybody that'll let me. And through the last few years, he has not gotten better. He's gotten worse. And he just says, I'm just so happy not to be a drug addict. I'm so happy not to be bound. I'm so happy that I found people that love me. Now, God did clean him up. I want to tell you, God cleaned him up. But, oh, I want to tell you something. Tomorrow about this time, I'm going to prophesy to greater life a little bit. Uh, Tomorrow about this time, next Sunday about this time, next year about this time, uh, every chair is going to be full. Every pew is going to be full. Something's about to happen. A spell, we're about to break the drought. Hallelujah, we're about to break the drought. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. The rain is coming. The Holy Ghost is falling. Something is about. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seen. Let me hurry along here just a little bit. Relief is promised when things seem hopeless. When it seems like there's nowhere to go. God said, it's my turn now. And he stepped in. Here's how the drought, the drought was broken. Number one, by the word of the man of God. He said, where's Elisha? They found him. He came out. You know, I don't know why they didn't think about that a long time ago. <laughs> Go get the man of God. He's going to break the drought. How? By the word of the Lord. And this is what Elisha said. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Boy, I want to tell you something. The word of God works. This prayer that we pray over our offering every night, uh, it works. When you think about how good God is, uh, I want to tell you something. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And just forgive me for, for just a moment because I'm from, from way back. And I want to tell you something. When you pray people through the Holy Ghost by the word, they're going to stick. When you pray people through by preaching the word of God and instilling something in their life, uh, we are begotten by the word. We're healed by the word. We're blessed by the word. We're saved by the word. We're delivered by the word. This is a word church. This is a word church. I can tell by you. This is a preaching church. Oh, I'm going to tell you something. We've had them line them up at our church across the front. They gibbered, they jabbered, they carried on, all that. And when that was gone, they were gone too. But I want to tell you, when somebody comes in and says, in 2019, the word of God, when all else fails, we stand on the promises of God. Amen. When everything else seems like it's falling apart, God says, hear ye the word of the Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, man. And all of a sudden, four guys that nobody wanted was stinking and starving and had leprosy, which was a type of sin. I won't get into all that. You know all of that. And they were sitting at the gate. And one looked over at the other and he said, you know what? The armies of Syria don't want us. And these inside the gate don't want us. We're just a nothing, a nobody. And one of them said, what do we have to lose? Why sit we here until we die? I'm going to quote a famous prophet of the Lord named Verbal Bean. And this is what he said. God don't care until we care. Brother, when we start caring, God starts caring. For men that had nothing to lose all of a sudden said why don't we get up and when they stood up all of heaven stood up and when they said we're going to move God said I'm going to move when they said we're not going to sit here till we die God said every angel I want you to stand up and stand at attention when greater life church 
When greater life church starts moving, God starts moving. When greater life starts praying, God starts. When the Holy Ghost starts moving in this place. My God, have mercy. Oh, hallelujah. Something is about to break. Something is about to break. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, listen. Hallelujah. When they stood up, little did they know that four men that nobody wanted was about to attract the attention of Almighty God. And when they stood up, God said, I'm standing up with you. And when God stands with you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. When God is for you, who can be against you? I just feel like a word of prophecy is coming up on me right now. And tell you something, there are people in this church that's been in a man-made drought. Some things that you're doing that God wants to break the habit that you're in. That's closing the blessings of God off of your life. If you will quit blaming your troubles on everybody else. And you'll quit saying somebody caused this. And start realizing get responsible for what you're doing and how you're living for God. And when you stand up, God's going to stand up with you. When you... Help me preach a little bit here tonight. When you start obeying the word of God, hear ye the word of the Lord. Brother, when you start doing that, the drought's about to be broken. When you start taking inventory of your life, all of a sudden God's going to say, I'm going to release that spirit that had you controlled. And brother, when God does something... You may be seated. When they stood up, wow, little did they know, they took a step, boom, 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 heaven, it just resounded through the halls of heaven. And another one took a step, and another one right behind them, and they did not know, but they These enemy soldiers had had a dream. (laughs) Strange. (laughs) One said, hey, hey, listen to me. I had a dream. What was it? He said, a biscuit rolled down a hill and hit our tent. He said, a cake, but we like biscuits, don't we? (laughs) It came rolling down the hill. And boom, 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 hit the tent. He said, what does that mean? He said, that means we better get out of here. Boy, oh, God can do the strangest things with the strangest people and the strangest dreams I ever seen in my life. And all of a sudden, when those four leprous guys stood up and took a step, one of them said, this is it. 
the armies are coming to get us and we better get out of here. And God turned up the sound system in heaven. Boom, 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 boom. And these come marching. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. And when they finally realized they got to the enemy's camp and nobody was there. No, nobody was there. Man, if they knew it had been that easy, they'd have done that several months ago. Nobody was there. The food was there. The clothes was there. The horses were there. The tents was there. And there was nobody at home. And I want to tell you something. When God starts amplifying the worship of this church, all of this area is going to start hearing the praise go forth. When God starts amplifying the sacrifice of this church, all of a sudden, my Lord and my God... Hallelujah. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm just being an evangelist. Maybe I'm telling evangelistic stories tonight, but let me tell you something. When God starts breaking the drought, all of a sudden he says, hear the word of the Lord and get ready for new people. To be used of God. When God starts breaking the routine, we get a little bit uneasy. When God starts intervening on our traditional ways, we get a little bit uneasy. But God broke the drought. Hear ye the word of the Lord. But Elisha didn't tell him how. He just said it's going to happen. But God said, I got four people, four unlikely people. And when they stood up, God opened up heaven. And the soldiers ran away. And they ran and started gorging themselves with food. One of them looked over at the other one and said, wait a minute. I know they don't like us back there. In fact, they kicked us out of town. But look at us now. If you could see me now. Look at us now. They're the ones hungry and we're full. Imagine one of them picked up a garment and wrapped it around him and said, Oh, if they could see me now. They're the ones wearing rags and we got on garments. And the other one looked over and said... We do not well. We're not doing real good here. Why? We're full. We're clothed. He said, but they're not. If I could get it across to you tonight, when God starts bringing the unlikely people, and all of a sudden we're rolled and full and clothed, the best pastor, the best music, the best church, the best of everything. It might be good for some of you to look around and say, we're not doing real good. What do you mean we're not doing real good? We got a full church. We're getting ready to build a new tabernacle. Everything's going well. And God said, because they're not. And you can realize that people in this city that are not. 
if you can realize people in this city that are starving, if you realize people in this city that are dying with hunger, but inside of here tonight, uh, we're full. But if we can take it to them... If you can take what God has blessed you with to them. God says, I'm going to open up the storehouse. This is my first closing. You have to be real careful when God starts blessing you with people. Because you know why? When God starts blessing you with people, that means the people in here have to start doing a little changing. Our church prayed for revival. I I couldn't tell you how many evangelists come through our church and they look at our balcony and say, I see this balcony full of people. I said, yeah, right. You're about the umpteenth pastor and evangelist that said that. Finally, you know what I did? I closed. I said, nobody sits in the balcony. It's off limits. Oh, but we're going to fill this balcony. I said, you know what? I wish I'd have never built that balcony. I wish I'd have never put the first pew up there. Oh, me of little faith. But you know what? God made us a promise. God made us a promise. We went through the worst church disaster that you can think about. I walked out into our congregation one Sunday morning. We didn't have musicians, Sunday school teachers, sound men. And I mean, I told Sister Edwards, I said, get back on the organ. And I led the singing. You can imagine how pitiful that was. But God gave me a promise. You quoted it to me today. I'm going to restore the years that the canker worm. I'm going to restore the years that everything that's been taken away from you is going to be placed back in you by faces that you don't know. I stood up at our church that Sunday morning and I said, hear ye the word of the Lord. We could not have been more wiped out. Physically or spiritually. And I said, hear ye the word of the Lord. I said, when I came to Vider, Texas, and I went down the list of what I preached and what I stood for and what I believed in. And I said, I still believe that. And I'm going to preach that. And if you don't want me to preach that, you might not need to come back tonight to church. More came back that night. To make a long story short, I want to tell you something. I looked the other night. I could go on Facebook tonight. Our church is packed to capacity. It is so full. From wall to wall, it is so full. I, I, I know you're clapping, but you know what? Lord, I want to say this just right. Some Sunday school teachers that I had have been replaced by people that has come new into the church. Some choir members that we had is not in the choir any longer. Some people that prayed for revival 
had no idea what they was praying for because they had to move over a little bit and make room for people that were coming in that they prayed would come in. They said, we didn't know it's going to be like this. Uh, I'm going to tell you, revival comes in many different shades and many different colors. Uh, and if you're really truthful about revival, you better move over just a little bit because God said, uh, I'm, I'm going to send some unlikely people into the congregation. Woo! Hallelujah. Come on, we're about to break the drought. We're about to break the famine. It's just about over. Hallelujah to God. Would you stand with me right now? Hallelujah. Praise God. Seeing it is not partaking of it. Listen to what the prophet said. There was one of the men that the king leaned on. That means he was his right hand man. He said, go over there and check all that out. And he looked and he said, why, if the Lord opened up the windows of heaven and poured all that out, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Wow. How many times have we said it's not going to happen? Suddenly, by an unlikely process, Tomorrow, the gates was open and the leprous men that nobody wanted started bringing in the food. And the man that said, why, it's not going to happen. If God opened up the windows of heaven, this wouldn't happen. He saw it, but he could never partake of it because the crowd, the hungry people in the streets... They were so hungry, they ran over him and killed him and trampled them under their feet. He saw it, but he never partaken of it. Every saint of God in this church has a great opportunity. Brother, if you don't partake of it, somebody's coming. And if you get in their way, they're going to run right over you. Because you know why? There's hunger. There's such an intense hunger. There's such a hunger and a thirst for God. And I'm going to say it, Pastor Hughes. There's such a hunger for what you have given to this church in the way of old-fashioned holiness and righteousness and preaching. Everybody don't want to be worldly. There's a hunger in people that's saying, I want to get to where they are. And if you get in their way, they're going to run right over you. They're going to run right over you. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Oh, God, fill me up. There's a hunger. There's a deep hunger that is deep inside of me. And the drought is about to be broken. In some saints of God in this building tonight, the drought is about to be broken. In some, some prayer order tonight, the drought is about to be broken. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Why don't somebody step out of the aisle right now? That's it. Just step out of the aisle right now. Lift your hands.